We know that you want more Heal Well in your life, so I'm here with some good news. If you want more Heal Well in your life, I've got two options for you. The first is to join our new interdisciplinary online, so far from Facebook, I can't even talk about it, group. Uh, It is the Heal Well community, and it is all kinds of practitioners from all different disciplines talking about a lot of the same stuff and what it's like to be a caregiver and how to do that more kindly, more sustainably. We're talking about racism. We're talking about research. We're talking about science, COVID, you name it. So come join the Heal Well community in Mighty Networks by going to community.healwell.org. It is a subscription-based group, $9.99 a month or $99.99 for the year. Come and see what we're posting, see what we're talking about, and share some stuff that's important to you and become part of the conversation. Also, you can totally get on board with the Heal Well Love Run. It's our first annual virtual 10K. We've already got some people signed up who are collecting pledges. You can pledge one of those people or you can set up your very own page. Two great things. You don't have to run. You can do anything you want. You can walk. You can hop. You can skip. You can swim. You can scoot. Uh, Any other way that you want to locomote yourself and you have a whole week to do that 10K, which 10K, by the way, is barely more than six miles. Not much. If you do like a mile a day, a little more than that, you're good to go. You've got October 25th to October 30th to actually log your 10K, and you can put it out there in the world, ask your friends, ask your family. They can pledge you by the K, and all that money goes to help heal well, do amazing things that make a better world for massage therapists and humans all over the planet. Thanks for the heal well love. We love you right back. Executive Director of Heal Well, where we make massage therapy matter. And I am Kathy Ryan here in beautiful Wet'suwet'en Traditional Territory, Northern British Columbia, Canada. Major, major Heal Well fangirl. And this is Massage Therapy Without Borders, the podcast where we discuss the big and sticky issues in the massage profession through the lens of Canadian and American practice regulation and education. We bring on super fancy informed guests to not only discuss these issues, but to formulate and share some possible solutions to move us forward. If you like the podcast, go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and tell other people that you like us. We're still very interested in you inviting your pets, having your pets enter their reviews, throw some stars at us, uh, use the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Whatever people are using these days, it seems to change all the time, but um, spread the word and uh, come and check us out and check out our increasing library of episodes about all of those sticky, uncomfortable issues and uh, get your weekly dose of discomfort and reality. And um, as always, we like to start the show with a little pun of some sort. Lately, our our bent has been uh, physiologically inspired pickup lines. I think you guys are going to like this one. Are you ready? Yeah. You probably should use this at a bar like near a medical school because I think some people might not get it, but I know our listeners are totally up to the task. So you could sort of sidle up at the bar and you could say, are you a pulmonary embolism? Because you took my breath away. That's right. So Kathy. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm really waiting for you to come on and say, we figured it out in Canada. There's no more COVID. Here's how we did it. Is that what's happening this week? No. Curses. <laughs> what, what is happening? Well, 
you know, I, I sound like a, you know, on repeat uh, here the last few weeks, but yeah, we, we are officially in the second wave here with numbers uh, back to pretty much where we were in the spring. Um, not, not exactly, but pretty close to where we were in the spring at the, at the height of all of this. And uh, the only difference being is the, Democrat, the demographic is different. So the age group of infection is different than where it was, which means that the, the death rate is a little bit lower. Well, actually quite a bit lower than where it was back in the spring. So that's yeah. where we are. Yeah, we, um, I was on a call this morning with a bunch of uh, nerdy folk and we were talking about, um, there seems to be this weird thing happening in the States. I mean, I, I think that's just our motto now. There's a weird thing happening in the States. <laughs> oh yeah, and Tuesday, um, Tuesday was really weird. Oh man, I'll tell you what. Um, yeah, so <laughs> in addition to that weird thing that happened on Tuesday, the widely televised weirdness, um, there's sort of this, um, just the lifting of restrictions, like not, not official, but sort of functionally speaking, um, you know, we had Rick DeSantis in Florida basically say like, we're, we're just going to lift them and we'll trust businesses to do what's safe. And, you know, that hasn't happened officially in other states in the same way. But here in Virginia, you know, I, I got an email from my primary care provider that said, we're open, come on in. And um, we're seeing lots of other places that are just sort of saying, yep, we're open for, you know, dine in. Our movie theaters are starting to open. Um, and there's no, there's no real evidence that that's a good idea or that we're sort of ready for that. Yeah. Uh, and I know that you guys, Kathy, you guys went back to phase two, right? Like sort of officially or what? Well, not, not officially. We went back to some elements of phase two. So what they've done here in BC is they've taken a look at where the risk of infection seems to be most significant. So they've put, they've reinstated some of the restrictions around, um, people in indoor spaces. So for example, large gatherings at bars and clubs and those types of things or other events where people are going to be in close contact and they weren't wearing masks. Uh, I mean, kind of hard to wear a mask when you're at a restaurant trying to eat your, your dinner or, yeah. So there have been some, uh, they seem to be looking at where the risk is the greatest and bringing the restrictions there first rather than just the broad shut everything down like they did in the spring, which I think is, you know, prudent that they're doing it that way. I mean, they're still getting a lot of pushback for what they're doing, but yeah. I think it's great that they're kind of looking at the, looking at the data and making some decisions from there. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think if you want to eat out, you should just get a peg tube. <laughs> you can wear your mask. You can still eat out. It'd be awesome. If we all had peg tubes, it wouldn't be weird. <laughs> <laughs> Camelback, like uh, yes, exactly. That's right. You just sort of stick it under your mask. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm really going for a camelback while I'm teaching, which we can talk about. <laughs> Excellent. Well, so this is a, a great a great chance for our um, our guests today. Oh, so fancy guests! And in in the beginning, I said through the Canadian and American lens, but now we have to broaden it to uh, across the pond. That's mm -hmm. right. Yeah. And Kathy, you know these guys a lot better than I do, so you should do the non intro intro. Well, I, I had the great pleasure of meeting Rachel virtually a while back uh, where, where we have the connection of Handspring Publishing. And I mean, I know of Megan for sure, but have not had the actual pleasure of uh, meeting Megan or either of them in person yet, but I'm, I'm hoping that someday that will, will happen. But I'm going to turn it over to Rachel and Megan to tell us all about their fancy selves. 
fancy style. So we are fine. We are fine and fancy. I'm for so sure. happy. I thought it was fancy. <laughs> Love it. So I'm Megan. I'm Rachel. And we are the directors of Jing Advanced Massage and Training, which is located in the sunny quadrant of the UK called Brighton um, by the seaside. And although it's important, especially on this podcast, to say that my voice, you know, my accent is not from this side of the pond. Um, I'm a jumper. So I'm originally from New York, which is where Rachel and I met almost 20 years ago yeah. um, and fell in love you know, with all of the same things of massage therapy, of making a difference in people's lives, that touch is a powerful medium of change. And sort of in our 20-year-old older selves, like yeah. ourselves of 20 years old, <laughs> we weren't as articulate as I clearly am now around how, you know, that might manifest. And so we were working, at the time I was working in a spa, I'd gone to massage school in California, which I was scared of to death as a New York snobby intellectual that maybe they were going to make me touch crystals and all that good stuff um but i kind of got pulled into this revolution of stone massage which also felt ridiculous at the time but little did we know that um therapies could take like many many different directions and actually it was intuition and intention that could guide us and that on top of that, and as part of that, that education was at the at the foremost. And so when we met, Rachel was much more formulated about the idea of creating an educational framework that allowed massage therapists to access a high level of education um, with like lower investment and smaller time than what we had and experienced in New York. And so we brought that over 20 years ago I would say that I made it more fancy. If we're talking about fancy, <laughs> I made Jing really fancy, but Rachel made it really, really good. <laughs> and so I think that's our kind of, you know. Synergy. Yeah, it's a synergy. Yeah, 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 it's a, it's a good synergy. So, I mean, my, my story was that both Meg and I come from a sort of social work psychology background. So we both did psychology degrees. I used to be a social worker. And I, I found massage in the early 90s in the UK, uh, when, as still you can now really, you can do, you can get qualified by doing quite a, a short, short course. course. So it was six weekends, I had a lovely teacher who taught me to massage with my heart, which I'm very grateful for, taught me nothing about anatomy and physiology, apart from some, you know, like the model of the skin, which I seem to have to know in great detail. Um, and a huge long list of contraindications of things I couldn't teach really. So uh, back in the touch. 90s- Things you couldn't touch. Things I couldn't touch, yeah, yeah. conditions I, I couldn't, couldn't touch. Uh, so this is back in the early 90s, right? Before the World Wide Web. And I started, uh, I found all the American massage magazines somehow, you know, like, you know, those magazines that are around and they're still around massage today. And I started getting sent over from the States in like brown paper envelopes, like it was like kind of sort of like secret or naughty kind of information. Um, <laughs> True. And, uh, and I, I found that massage training was much more professionalized in, in the States. And I, I loved massage and I really didn't want to do anything else. Um, so I, I went over to the States in 1998 and requalified there in, in New York. So studied both Eastern and Western. Uh, massage there which is amazing and uh, then because I had to work after I'd qualified I uh, wandered into a spa I was like oh my god I've got to work in a spa because I've got to work on somewhere else and 
and Meg was managing the spa. So that's kind of how we met. And uh, yeah, Meg was up for the same dream as me, which was basically bringing a high level of professional massage training to the UK. And when we hit the UK in 2002, yeah. um, we, there was a massive gap in the market really, because there was a lot of dedicated but very poorly trained massage therapists who were not able to make a living. And we kind of rocked up and started doing, you know, a two day course and got four people on it. You know, we used to teach out of our front we, our house. We, we talked out of our, our house. house. So we literally had, you know, we ran courses in the front room with like that's a living people, room for everyone. Living room. Yes. And then we had one bed one bedroom was the office and the other bedroom was a massage room. So we didn't really have a bedroom. We just sort of, you know, that was like a movable feast kind of thing. Uh, and things just started from there really so we just started teaching the fusion of light trigger points and fascial work and stretching and things stuff. that we thought were actually quite basic and yeah. i think where jing has expanded because now we are the largest so we ha we have to also say that yeah. that was at the time yeah. where there was this thing not called the world wide web and it was all word of mouth and we didn't have any great plan on becoming a massive school you know we did it wasn't but we had an incredible vision mm -hmm. around make well engaging with hu human like humanity around how people could better themselves or how you could support people to find their way forward and i think that's the biggest thing that a good therapist can do is just like help people find themselves right i can't fix anything i can just sort of ease a pathway maybe so yeah so now that careful careful what you wish for <laughs> that's so, right i know so jing is the largest uh for sure postgraduate education um facility institution in the uk perhaps it could also be within europe in the idea that we specialize in massage and soft tissue so and as rachel said which is really important and perhaps really interesting to get your head around for the listeners. It's like people can still do in the UK, a three day, five day weekend course and call themselves whatever they want as massages unregulated and unstandardized. And so we rocked up. The UK. There, there's nowhere in the UK where it's regulated. It's still just- That's correct. Nah, yeah. And think about the UK being the size of New York state. So it's so tiny that the national is almost like the state level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah like it, it should be doable. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's, there's voluntary regulation, but nothing that's standardized or legally enforced, really. Um, and they, they kind of tried to do, because I've been around a long time, I've sort of known the scene. So in the early 90s, there was a kind of explosion of complementary therapies, you know, like Reiki and massage and aromatherapy. Um, and they, so there's lots of like complementary therapists in the UK, but generally, again, the level of training is quite low. And I think when they tried to regulate it, it was just too much of a headache for everybody. So they just sort of went for voluntary regulation instead. And that's, that's still the case today. And I don't really see that being changed. Um, so, so yeah, so our biggest thing was that we actually, we wrote a degree. Yeah. So we wrote a book, but we also wrote a degree, which we got accredited at more of a university level. And it's still a real hard, it's a real hard position to be in where everybody 
feels, of course, a high level education will create change, that education is the way forward. We are mostly dealing with women, and I think that that's important to state. It's like women who are making a pathway change, making a career change, who want to make a difference, but perhaps aren't 22 with a, you know, a big credit card. You know, it's like, what can they afford from a time and financial basis with the other things that are going on? And so our degree is taken up for a very tiny few because you don't have to do a three-year degree to become a massage therapist. No. So why would I have to do that? So we have to really explain over and over again with great joy and passion and everything mm -hmm. yeah. that without education, we cannot have a professional respect. And without a professional respect, we can't expect the public. And that is the big thing. And I think, um, Cal, you said again, it's about massage therapists being in their own bubbles. It's like we kind of keep talking to each other about how important massage is. Mm -hmm. But unless we find our way through to the public yeah. to say that massage and touch can make a difference in chronic pain and chronic pain conditions, then, then no change will mm -hmm. really happen. And yeah. so our courses are, yeah, really yeah. dedicated to well, that. Sorry, I think it's yeah, go on. Yeah, no, no. Um, I know, yeah. sorry. Well, and I, I think the part of the struggle we have, and, and I imagine this is shared in places in Canada as well, is that it can make a difference under the hands of a well-trained therapist. Exactly. And it's not that a poorly trained therapist is necessarily going to injure a person, but you're not going to see the same kind of outcome in someone who doesn't know their psoas from their gastroc, from their whatever. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. And I think the only reason that Jing has been able to, to survive is that we actually teach people to get results. So in the UK, it's a very different scene. So people can't get student loans. You know, it's not an established thing that you would pay. Well. So, I mean, our fees are so ridiculously reasonable. I mean, when I went to massage school in the States like 22 years ago, it was $10,000 a year, right? 40,000, what are you talking about? Yeah, it was 10, anyway, okay. whatever it was. It was like, say, $10,000 a year. Our fees it was expensive. Was it was a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but our, you know, our fees now for people to do a degree level course are like two and a half thousand pounds a year. And we have, in, but people can go to the local further education college and get a qualification for a hundred pounds, you know? So they're like, well, why would I pay seven grand, you know, to become qualified? They can't get a student loan. It's this kind of, so we really just have to convince people by the results that they get. Yeah. So because we teach this kind of, you know, fusion, you know, she's the thing that we wrote the book about, which is what most dedicated practitioners are, are doing is, you know, excellent consultation that's taken into account by a psychosocial model. It's a fusion of, uh, you know, trigger points, fascial work, you know, acupressure stretching and, you know, empowerment through, you know, tailored self-care suggestions. Um, you know, so really teaching people how to get results within the smallest number of sessions with yeah. chronic pain conditions and being incredibly educated. So people don't come in and say, I want to do a three year degree. We get course. them now. They say, it's okay, we get I'm, them. I'm coming in for the three day course. <laughs> yeah, and then we they teach say, them stuff. Ah, that's right. That's right. They do it. Then they oh. go out and they get clients and they make a difference and then they come back for more. So, you know, and it's still, you know, I mean, we're so well known, but still, you it's know, 20 years on, it's still, it's still a struggle. 
And I think, just I will like speak in a minute, just, <laughs> but that thing you were saying about massage therapists sometimes existing in their own bubble, because we often hear this thing of, oh, it's not fair that the physios, people go to a physio or an osteopath or a chiropractor first, and we're like, well, they spend three years or four years investing in their education um, and, you know, a lot of money. So actually, you need to be able to do that too. So, you know, we do take people on and take them up to degree level and they do research and they write dissertations. Um, and it's a lot of support, you know, from us because there isn't a, you know, a kind of, and they're amazing people. Like, so the people who we attract are like the people who really want to be the best and they're amazing. Yeah. 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 So, so my head is exploding on so many levels here. Uh, first of all, no regulation, no standardization. So we'll just write a degree. Okay. So, I mean, I could like go for days on that. That just blows my mind. That just blows my mind. And, you know, and I think, you know, Megan, I think, well, both of you touched on something that has kind of been one of my, my things over 30 years of, of practice is results speak louder than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we're very results driven at Jing and we have to be, otherwise we wouldn't have a market because yeah. people so, you know, they don't have money, they can't get loans there, you know, so they just need the quickest, easiest possible route to getting results with clients and chronic pain is complicated. Um, so, you know, they need a shortcut to that. And we take that saying a teacher's job is to shorten the journey very yeah. seriously, so, you know. And I think in the COVID situation, which is, you know, on everybody's mind, what we have recognized is that this is an opportunity for massage therapists, certainly within the UK and for sure abroad. We get lots of people on our um, social media now and interacting on our Zooms. We put out a community Zoom three times a week. We did it from the very first day of lockdown in which was for us March around the same time New York was as around St. Patrick's Day where Rachel and I knew we had to close the school with massive tears and we didn't know any I mean you like we did some smart stuff previously like we put some massage courses online we invested in an education that was something that people could access in other places seven years ago so it's not like we'd never made a foray into technology around massage therapy but however we also felt very compromised how is one going to teach massage through a screen right that that's always been there so when we closed in march i'm not saying we were completely naive to technology but it were, certainly wasn't our strength or the way in which we communicated <coughs> on that day we just said i have no idea what's going to happen but we're not leaving and we showed up for our people three times a week at high noon, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I'm gonna cry. Like <laughs> we just did a pot, we didn't do a podcast, we, did, we didn't know what we were doing. So at first we did Facebook Lives, then we understood there was this thing called Zoom and we've done the range. Well, also we couldn't be together. And we couldn't be together. <laughs> so we were in lockdown, so we Separately. then had to be in separate houses. Um, which we all know now, you know, but it was kind of there and we, um, were really able to gather massage therapists who wanted to work and wanted to be a community and wanted to share. And I think that this is the positive part of COVID, the concentration of education that if you wanna learn, you can. Mm. And through learning, you can make everything available to yourselves and all the patients that wanna see you. 
And so those Zooms were tears or they were how to deal with a frozen shoulder or how to deal with grief because massage therapy for us is not just the musculoskeletal, you know, that's a different discipline for us. It's like how that chronic pain or how trauma can manifest within our physical self, how an emotional experience can interlace and interconnect with a physical one and neither one is more important. And so with COVID, we're really trying to support anybody that we can around saying you have work to do. Mm. And if you drop that, then you are doing a disservice not only to yourself, but the public because everybody is lost. And we are so lucky that we figured out our passion 25, 30 years ago, Kat. Like we're so lucky, even if we feel we don't know how to do it, we know what we want to do. And loads of people don't. And they're like, I've been doing this shit job and I don't want to do it. And blah, blah. It's like, nobody's making me do what I want to do. I love what I want, what I do. And so that is like this quintessential sweet spot of COVID that we, we really have to hold on to. Yeah. So, and, so, so oh, go ahead, Rachel. Um, she'll just say the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> there won't be anything in it. She'll just feel like she's got to like repeat it. <laughs> just putting it out there. You should ask a question. She's got lots to say, but it's because she doesn't say what I said. That's all she's going to do. I was going to talk about self care. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was different, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and the other thing that we really tried to promote in lockdown because the, the massage therapy community was in despair as I'm sure yours was as well and uh, you know people were just turning up for these zooms and they were crying and they haven't got any money I mean none of the grants kicked in for months and you know it was all terrible and we just kept saying to people you still have skills you still have knowledge you can still connect with your clients you know you can reach out you can offer self-care online you know to all your clients in pain not in a tele rehab way like a physio would do but the things that we do you know teach them a short meditation you know because teaching has always been a big part of, of the, the model you know big chapter in the book about it um and it's like and it's i think it's often the one that gets a bit brushed over you know it's like always a couple of stretches at the end or of drink some water but, you know actually it's it's massive you know there's a lot of research behind it there's a whole psychology around self-care so we really started trying to support people to offer that to their clients um, over various platforms, uh, you know, telephone and also doing group sessions as well. So quite a lot of our therapists actually picked up group sessions with offices who'd now gone into doing remote work. So they were, you know, working with them, doing a bit of stretching, a bit of breathing exercises, think of self trigger point. Um, and it was like, you can still work. There's still stuff that you know, there's still the stuff that you can, you can offer. So we kind of just held each other's hands and just sort of got yeah, through it. Yeah, we could do that really. in Zoom. You know, you yeah, put the two hands together. Like, but I mean, all those Zooms are still on the website. Oh, it's bad. It's Don't like look at them. Do not of, look at them. It's like some awful kind of historical archive <laughs> of, a, of a community in distress. Because, you know, three times a week. And Meg was doing 
like massage, massage with Meg on a Friday. So we get like 300 therapists come in with their children, massaging, everyone's crying, you know, we've got like DJ. the playlist on the DJ. So, you know, it was, it, it was, was a thing, but I think it is a thing. It's everybody had to, you know, we all had to diversify. We had to diversify at Jing. We took a lot of stuff online. Um, and there are without a doubt positive things that have come out of that. Cause now everybody knows how to use zoom, right? Which nobody did yeah. before. Well, and I wonder where you guys are now. Um, and I just realized that in my brain, I no longer call him Boris. I just call him Bedhead Johnson. But <laughs> Boris, Boris has come out in the last, like, just even 24 hours and said, like, we're at a critical juncture and you have to follow the rules. And, like, I mean, the rates are look to be skyrocketing, if you well, can try. Like, no, I mean, I was just looking at the Canadian rates and it's, like, England's, like, it's like trip. I mean, I mean, they're not giving us enough per capita, but I would say, you know, Canada versus England. I mean, we are probably in the worst position in in the world. I mean, right we now. have forty thousand in the first. Wave. We had seven thousand cases like last three yeah. days ago. So wow. the first wave, we had the worst number of deaths in in the whole of Europe, and it you know it was inexcusable you know because the rest of europe were actually it was ahead like, of us so i mean anybody with a with a phone and a mate in spain could see what was happening it wasn't like we have different antibodies you know right um, spain and nothing happened you know lockdown came came too late um so most of those infections and deaths actually happened you know a couple of weeks into lockdown people were already infected and now we're in this like horrible kind of halfway house you know again most people felt that restrictions were lifted too early but there was a lot of pressure almost for people to go back to work people Economics. were urged to go back to work by the government and um, people were urged to eat out we had like a government scheme eat out to did help you read out. about that did you read it's quite an extraordinary you know, so piece people, of government work People were like, oh, I don't really fancy going to the restaurant, but I'm getting, you know, a cheap deal from the government. So, so they, they gave this amazing, can you imagine the whole, you know, I have to go back to New York, but imagine the, le the size of New York, that's the UK country. What we're going to do is for the month of August, we're going to support any restaurant who wants to sign up to this government project that we will pay 50% of any food bill that comes into your restaurant. 50%. So the- We won't pay your COVID bill when you go to the hospital. Right. And we won't find the COVID test. Exactly. No, exactly. But we will, um, well, we should say actually NHS. That, that is amazing. So yeah, yeah. the NHS here has been extraordinary. Mm -hmm. So the-, the That's the national health system? National health system. Yeah. So we have, my parents were stuck in lockdown in New York for a while, but they're in Spain. So I really went through that. Um, <clears throat> so access to healthcare once you're sick is very available and it's not a financial burden within the UK and that is extraordinary. The talk about Boris, he um, and his conservative fellows have been chipping away at the national healthcare service since, yes. well, since Thatcher, yeah. right? So what we are also hoping is that there will be a reinvestment within the national healthcare service and if we can give any advice to our UK from our American Canadian, it's like, you know, a privatization of healthcare is nothing but bad news. And so that's happened. And people have supported the NHS and got out and did the claps or, you know, immediately and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But this eat out thing was crazy. It was like, mm -hmm. so people just went out and they ate and they sat anywhere and they, you know, there was, um, 
And pubs were open. Pubs. Nice. England so is pub crazy. Life. If you can't drink, the world is ending. It's so, true. It's true. you know, pubs are a thing. Yeah. Now, so, so, but you guys mentioned when we were talking right before we, we started today that you are teaching live courses. I mean, that, my, my, my question is how, is, how is that happening? And how are you seeing clients? Are, are therapists in the UK? Yeah. yeah. It's very careful. So, so so we massage therapists were able to go back from middle of July. July. So we went closed down from March, end of March, depending. Yeah. And then, yeah. End and of and I don't want to interrupt you guys, but I'm going to interrupt you. Um, in talking with other um, friends and colleagues from the UK, you guys had a weird sort of, you didn't know when you were going to hear kind of a thing. I mean, for an unregulated profession, it sounded like there was still a lot of meddling with what you guys were doing. Can you talk a little bit about yeah. that? Yeah. When did yeah. Well, also nobody understands the unregulation, least of all right. massage therapists. So, <laughs> there's about 20 different professional associations who were all giving out slightly different advice because that's the other thing we did. We just had to keep running because people were like, do, when we kind of knew it was coming, I mean, for three months, do we have to wear gloves? What kind of gloves? I don't want to wear gloves. Do I have to wear gloves? Glove oh my God. It's like, it's yeah. All the professional associations are giving out slightly different information, and it was just like completely so blowing people's If we minds. can get to give you that kind of horizon scan, so it's like, I'm a massage therapist. All I need in the UK is to find an insurer who will insure me to work. End up. That's all I need. What has grown up over the last 30 years, or as Rachel said, professional associations. So we could all today on this great Zoom say, mm -hmm. actually, we're gonna create our own professional association. Maybe we should. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Jing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Many people have asked Jing to do it for, mm -hmm. the, for many, many years. I and there bet. are loads of reasons we don't do that. But it's like, it, because it becomes a club. Well, yeah, and it just becomes a club. So we get together, we put our standards together, we write it up, we put it to another voluntary choice of people who also have a nice fancy name and say, will you accredit us? And it's just between us. And then we say, well, we're going to run this school and everybody who graduates can then become a member of this association. And so then that sort of grows and that's what we have. So we have something like 15 to 20 different professional associations. They're pretty much based on what kind of school you went to. So without getting into too much detail, because massage is not a qualification over a long period of time, you can choose to perhaps qualify in aromatherapy or sports massage. You're not allowed to do medical massage though, don't even. Um, remedial massage. We, our courses are called advanced clinical massage. Um, or you could do reflexology, blah, 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 blah. So those are all very small qualifications. Whereas when I went to school, I learned all those things, right? Pregnancy massage, how to work with people living HIV. Like it just sort of all within my qualification. In the UK, it's all very separate. So then you have an association for each one of those things. So if you had chosen over your lifetime, which of course you would, to engage with a myofascial course, and an aromatherapy course and a sports course. You then have three professional associations who are then telling you how you should behave. But none of it is required or regulated by any serious body. Well, the, the other thing is the massage chefs themselves don't even understand it. So they think the professional associations are the law. It's like because everything's, it's just, it's a real mess and nobody understands and there's just loads oh, of things. 
you know, with lots of kind of acronyms to it. So everybody's basically really confused. <laughs> but we've done a good job at clearing the path. Yeah. So, so Jing has really just done our best to kind of, we're not neutral for sure. We have very strong opinions, but like to try to steer people into common sense. And as you said, like the guidelines are very confusing. So what happened for us and what is continuing to happen is guidelines come out, they come out every couple of weeks, they engage around different work practices. So anybody within close contact who's not within a medical has a certain amount of guidelines from the government. And that is for sure a government guideline. And then a professional associations will interpret that yeah. and then advise. And so we have, of course, have taken the most, um, I mean, the strictest line at Jing. And again, it's been a bit of a backlash in the sense that we require everyone who comes here, obviously to declare their COVID, you know, we do a COVID check, but also no one, no one in our classroom, which is even kind of above what people even do in their clinics, you know, there's a change, there's anti-back of the door, there's a one-way system, there's one meter distance or more, there's high levels of ventilation. Then in full masks all the time, no messing about, you can get your camel back to drink if you want to through your mask. Mm -hmm. um, and not the highest medical rate, but a pretty serious kind of mask. And then a visor on top of that, and gloves, and a um, <laughs> like an apron, like another barrier on your clothes, and that all has to be changed between clients, and you know all sheets and towels and stuff all have to be boiled before they arrive, and everything has to leave the building. Mm overnight and everything has to be aired out and you know disinfected. And we've also massively reduced capacity. Capacity, so capacity, capacity. We would teach up to 30 because we have two rooms, now it's down to 18. Um, I mean, and we're also seeing, you know, we've changed our cancellation policy because, you know, you'll have 16 on a class and then suddenly you'll have 10 the next day because people are, a big thing that's happening in the UK at the moment is local lockdowns at very short notice. Um, so when local lockdowns happen, people are not allowed to do any non-essential travel. So people are booked on courses they've been wanting to do for a year and then they, you know, then they can't do them or they might, you know, they might have symptoms or they might have a son who's got symptoms or, you know, I mean, it's just endless. Or they've been to a country where they have to quarantine. There's a lot That's of quarantine going on. Um, so, you know, it's... It's a big thing. It's challenging. And we have to teach in a very different, very different way. You know, it's kind of, you know, I always say Jing is kind of like, um, it's like a Swiss watch. It's like a collection of finely tuned parts, you know, it's sort of like, oh, we'll have a little song here. We'll do this little interactive thing. And now we'll all get up and, you know, do Tai Chi and feel each other. And now we'll do a bit of research, whatever. And now it's sort of like gone to a sundial. Now it's like, all right, here you go. So on your yoga block. Don't <laughs> move. Like, don't move from your yoga block in case you're like. You know, wait till I are like, <laughs> I mean, as everyone is. I heard a beautiful theatre director talk the other day about, how she spent three months like blocking the stage and not even thinking about what was going to be delivered and i think that that's where we were in august so we opened our first classes in the middle of august it was a real choice that the first course we offered was actually a beginner's course so it was about helping people who through lockdown had lost their jobs musicians 
um, artists, people who were really in high despair, who always had an affinity for touch and massage and, and wanted to often, like not only did they want a career, but they also wanted to help people within their educate, you know, they're in their career circles, right, in their communities. And that was really challenging. In fact, we had a doctor on the course and we continue to laugh that she was the worst with her mask. She was like the absolute <laughs> like worst. Was like, oh, they call, they're called GPs in the UK, general practitioners, like generally you're in a corner doctor. Um, and Jing does do that, sort of serves every man, like, you know, every level of previous education is always welcome here. So we did that and we're doing it. And you know, it's hard, from a business perspective, is it hard? Financially, maybe, emotionally, absolutely not, as far as feeling that there is there are people to serve and, mm. and we're educating. Is it sometimes despairing when there is a, a squeaky wheel that sort of wants to lash it? Like people are angry and they don't really know who to be angry at. Um, and sometimes it's the person, your best beloved. And so sometimes there's a bit of like rumble but we're all right and we've put together lots of different ways so we have a family group called the jing hub which anybody listening to is more than welcome to join it's called the jing hub h-u-b on nice. facebook it was always only offered to people who had done jing education because we believe in cooperation not um what's that word i don't even get that one competition <laughs> that was real um competition so you know, people could cross refer and talk to each other, but through lockdown, we opened that up to everybody. And so people could share things. As I said, ironically, we also have these Zoominars called Massage Matters, not so different than our fellow <laughs> friends here. Um, and that where it went from three days a week is now once a week and that's just free and anybody can pop in. They're all recorded. They're all free on the website. There's hundreds of blogs and there's also an archive of something called Jing TV, which we've been running for about 12 years, which is talk about bad puns. <sighs> Lots of bad, you know, so as I was saying, it was my best line ever. Like I just couldn't let it go. Um, and so those are like seven minute episodes where we talk about anything around how to make money as a massage therapist, how to have a vacation as a massage therapist, how to deal with scar tissue, you know, from academics to kind scar of- Scar tissue? I know, do you know anything about that? <laughs> you have to push really hard, that's what I heard. That's right. Make it hurt, yeah. you know. <laughs> you know, gotta break it up. Yeah. 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 Oh, the best book ever. I have it right here. It's called Traumatic Scar Tissue Management. Oh, you are. Well, so no, I thought that was the second best book because isn't there some other book that you guys? Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Massage fusion is a great book. Rachel that's more Ryan. into that than my book. Massage yeah. fusion. Twenty-five years of Rachel's brain, but I know that brain really well, so I don't have to read that book so much. <laughs> right. <laughs> Excellent. Oh. Well, uh, Kel, are you kind of getting the feeling that you you have a heel wall has a twin? Totally. In, in yeah, like I mean, I'm I'm listening to them speak, and I'm thinking to myself, "Wow, where have I heard a twin with a way cooler accent?" Good <laughs> <laughs> That's what you did. I know. It's a little Liverpoolian in the behind. Though, yes. Know. Well, and uh, well, I'm also you're, you're massage. You massage therapy without frontiers. Mine is massage. Because for age, also like same brain, for ages I thought it would be really great to have some international organization called Massage Shop Without Borders, which is like the same thing, right? Yeah, it's just like, you know, I think there's, there's so much to gain from 
international collaboration. And I, I do feel that if we can take something from COVID, it has to be the ease with which we can do this, right? Time yeah. is permitting, but it opens up a whole new field of, you know, international collaboration and, and international teaching. Well, we and we also um, did a couple of those, which I'm sure you guys have done and we'll find, but have you been doing with the conferences? Like we've been doing loads of conferences. How's that going? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I think, if I think it's important for us to be mindful that COVID has been horrific on the other side of that, it really has pushed us into, I think, more of a international online kind of experience, you know, where I probably would have never uh, attended a conference online, you yeah. know, doing those kind of things now. And, and this weekend, I'm actually virtually in Poland, <laughs> presenting at the Polish Fascist Symposium. So, you know, all these incredible experiences, you know, and opportunities are, are coming out of this really horrific kind of event that's happening in the world. Yeah. Well, and you know, what we as well, I mean, we talked about doing an online conference for years, we were like, oh, it's really complicated, and this, that, and the other. And then we were like, we had the idea on Monday, and we ran it on Wednesday. Because everybody you know, was home. Like, that was a good time. Everyone was home. They're ringing up all these, like, national lecturers, and like, yeah, I'm free. You know, it was like, we just ran it as one long Zoom meeting, and everyone just pitched, pitched up. It was great. It was super fun. So, well, I, you know, when, when you guys are talking about sort of the, the silver lining or whatever you want to call it, um, you know, we, uh, in our Heal Well group, we've been talking a lot about um, Sonia Renee Taylor's stuff about um, radical self-love. And she has a, a really amazing thing sort of about, um, she has a lot of amazing things, but her, her main thrust is that we are not good at being kind to ourselves. And, um, and that's sort of what she talks about. But there's this great quote floating around where she says, we will not go back to normal normal never was our yeah. pre-corona existence was not normal other than we normalized greed inequity exhaustion depletion extraction disconnection confusion rage hoarding hate and lack we should not long to return my friends we are being given the opportunity to stitch a new garment one that fits all of humanity and nature beautiful now i'm gonna cry yeah you know, yeah yeah. And, and resonates and we can grab that and like yeah. think what we are having here is we had that time of lockdown which i can only you know was definitely a global experience for all of us who are lucky enough to have you know loving family we have to get into that right this is a place of privilege but yes <clears throat> the lockdown and saying okay this is really hard my job might not be you know all these other things and I have a beautiful person in my house. I have a beautiful home that I can cultivate more. There are spaces in which I can invest that I've never had time for, which is that, you know, child, that tree, that whatever that is. And we can then move forward with creative ideas. And isn't it crazy that some of us are also yearning again for lockdown? It feels like there was this moment where it was a crash and then we came out of it. Like we came, we came together, we felt strong. And now what we're having in the UK, as Rachel said, we're having local lockdown. We're also having a lot of indecision and a lot of people feeling not sure, like untethered ground, like nobody knows which for step to take forward or back. And there's also a sense of really like, um, unfairness that 
that the pub can be wildly open or the 27 year old who I saw on the beach yesterday in their open DJ rave can happen. But my poor massage therapists who are working in their garden, seeing two people a day yeah. um, can't put food on the table. So you're just in this situation who are helping people change. I'm not saying that DJ is not changing my life, right? DJ saved my life. Amen. But I think that it's just about kind of where I've never felt that feeling ever, because as I said earlier, I love my life, but I feel like I remember that first feeling of seeing the takeaway shop and how people were acting online and feeling like, ooh, mm, not so sure I'm okay yeah. with this. And, and who do I fight? I can't, who do I fight? I can't fight anybody. I can just say, massage therapists unite, massage therapists be professional, massage therapists stay focused and grounded and have a great belief in ourselves and that of kindness and love of all, above all else. And um, I think that that message is something that we will continue to resonate with throughout the next year, stronger and stronger. Yay. <laughs> I think that's true. And now I, I realize, of course, now that um, we are going to have to have you guys back because I have like a whole list of questions about <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? yeah. your <laughs> curriculum and how it happens and all that stuff. But we can't talk about that today because now we have to like, you know, wrap it up and, and make people want more for the future. Uh, <laughs> well, we'd love to carry on the conversation. I feel like yeah. we can talk for, you know. <laughs> The next six months, probably. And the, tell us again, so the Jing Hub, people can just come and hub it up with you guys. Come on the Jing Hub and just say, I want to be a member. I'm a massage therapist. It's a Facebook, group, it's a Facebook yeah. group. You yeah. put on there. We're also on Instagram, I'm sure, by some of the younger within our team. We <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, are on Instagram. The school yeah. is called Jing Advanced Massage Training that also has a Facebook page. So the, the website is jingmassage.com. Yeah and probably the, the easiest way for people to stay connected is there's a, a sign up to our mailing list at the top of every page so if they sign up then they'll get access to when we have our we have a weekly massage matters zoominar for anybody in the community we'd love to have more international um, and, massage therapists on that i think it'd be amazing because yeah. we've got quite a few european massage therapists and it's it's been really helpful to see how people are dealing with it in different countries. Sometimes if they're ahead of you, you kind of get a heads up of what's going on yeah, or what's you get, happen. you know, you kind of get different ideas. And about. those, those, so the massage matters. And then we also have a pres prescription subscription course that people can sign up to, which is about 35 bucks, maybe, I don't know, a month. And okay. that's a mentoring group. Um, and it also has recorded content around how to deliver self-care via Zoom. So that's sort of one of the things that we supported. But those massage matters things, although they are an emotional connection, they're also very educational and people can come on them and just ask us anything. So how to deal with, you know, frozen shoulder or knee pain or how are you dealing with trauma within the tissue? And we have some great people like who stay up in the middle of the night in India and always tune in. So it's just, there are kind of a lot of frameworks in which to, but get in touch, you know, we're yeah. just, Cool. And all that stuff will be in the show notes too, everybody. So you can, um, if you're driving and you can't write these things down or whatever, you can just uh, check them out. When and you're all don't part. write these things down. Don't while you're write driving. them down while you're driving. <laughs>
or or scooting. I saw a guy on one of those lime scooters yeah. the other day. Look at me. I feel like I'm like grandpa. I'm like, I saw one of those guys on a lime scooter and he was texting and I thought that's a bad idea. So don't do that. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Yeah. That day fight. Well, that, we just want to say thanks for having us. And I know yeah. we're kind of like noisy. Um, and I want to say- In the best possible way. In the best possible way. <laughs> and I want to say thank you to all of you. And you're, you know, we all need each other. And yeah. what you have done today also will probably lift Rachel and I for a real, like much longer than you could think. Like not even just 10 minutes. Like it could even <laughs> be another 10 to 20, you know, years in the sense that what we all need to know is we're not alone. and. I want, we want to make each buddy's journey shorter, but we also want to be rich, like a richer thing. Yeah. And what you know, and you generously share, you know, helps me. And I just want to say, I really want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you, you know, thank you for reaching out and thank you for doing this for your people and our people. Um, it is extraordinary in an extraordinary time. Yeah. I sound very American now. <laughs> my dad would be so proud. I could take those lemons and make lemonade. <laughs> right that's right um no thank you guys for for joining us you um I, i'm sure that you have you've buoyed me and i'm sure you've buoyed our listeners as well and um we really do tend to make good on our threats to have people back so um right. we will we will have you back and, and coming on all, get all dirty about curriculum yeah. <laughs> cool kathy anything to add no i'm just happy <laughs> <laughs> you you people make me happy Oh, make us happy too. It's just a great tribe, isn't it? We've always said that about my it sister. Is. It's a Indeed. great tribe. And now more than ever, we really need to reach out and mm -hmm. hold each other's hands, don't we, virtually? Because it's challenging waters ahead for the, for the industry. You know, I've got no yeah. doubt for that. You know, I've got no doubt that we will get through it because people need touch more than ever and the kind of compassionate touch Safe that, you know, yeah. massage therapists yeah. offer um but yeah it's it's not going to be straightforward so no. we need to stay together and share ideas and resources and teachings and you know i do truly believe that that's the way forward and um, i didn't mention by the way because we should do that in another that we've got loads of research that our BTEC oh yeah we do like a done. whole bunch of things so like we've got that. like 100 dissertations on like loads of different clinical research. research they've just been sitting in jing and we keep saying oh we must do something with that we must tell people that we've got like we never get around we to it. it so our that's probably another did. conversation our students did it yeah brilliantly so on loads of different topics really interesting stuff so excellent yeah so all right we definitely have to have you back like yeah a few times for sure sounds well, great i am still cal kate's executive director of heal well where we make massage therapy matter <laughs> and I am still Kathy Ryan, and this has been another episode of Massage Therapy Without Borders, the podcast where we discuss the big and sticky issues in the massage profession through the lens of Canadian and American and across the pond, practice, regulation, and education in order to formulate and share solutions to move us forward. Make sure you use your MTWB coupon at the online.healwell.org. Uh, online classroom portal and uh, check out what we've got in there all kinds of things you're not going to find anywhere else give us some stars give us some reviews subscribe if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast so that it just comes to you every saturday when it gets loaded up um, go ahead and do that and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you again real soon take care
Massage Therapy Without Borders is produced by Healwell. Our theme music is by Harry Pickens. Send us feedback at info at healwell.org. That's info at H-E-A-L-W-E-L-L.org. And please check out our classes at healwell.org. New episodes will be available weekly via your favorite podcast app and on Healwell's Facebook page. Thanks for listening.